I am the demon, Lilith Grimm. I am the devourer of pain. I feast on the bounty of despair. And you are listening to the E's and B's podcast. Beautiful Friday morning. Glad to have you all back. Thank you for all the sport out there. We got a huge plate of breakfast to serve up. Got so many things to go over. Got a couple first times. Uh, segment's gonna be super loaded for all you fans out there. As always, let's get started right away with the sunny side up. folks and going forward we're all uh, all about the halloween havoc so we're going to be having all kinds of crazy new sound effects and music anyhow nascar ended the second round last week chase Elliott, like i predicted pulls the victory off he was uh pretty much the main guy from beginning to end at the roval there in Charlotte, as I predicted, like I said, I, I called that because I knew he's really solid there. So pretty decent race, a little bit of craziness all weekend there. They had a lot of rain from the weather, from the hurricane weather. So they let him race with the rain tires and man, it was pretty cool to watch. Even, even the Xfinity series, uh, kind of reminded you of some of the accidents, like a snow pile up on the interstate or something. So definitely if you had uh, missed out on that, it was different. Anyhow, uh, there was elimination. Kyle Busch, your last year's champion. He's out. He is out. Kind of happy to hear that. But anyways, uh, Austin Dillon, Clint Boyer, who also announced his retirement. Unfortunately, that's a sad thing. He, he, uh, just a couple years in with, uh, Stuart Haas. And, uh, I always like that guy. He just speaks his mind, but he will be in the booth next year. So that'll be fun to here and uh eric Hamanola also from stuart haas eliminated baseball playoffs still moving along we're down to four right now tampa bay's up on the astros the braves up on the dodgers looking like maybe a georgia florida world series we'll see if you're hearing this now the bubble nba championship is decided it went to <gasps> oh no not a not not the sh- not not the <laughs> yeah that's right the Los Angeles Lakers. Who would have believed it? I saw it coming. I was hoping it wouldn't be, but whatever. It's cool. They do have a short turnaround to jump right back into uh, next year. You know, there's a couple months layoff with this messed up year we're in. be interesting to see how quick they get back into camp or whatever they're going to do and moving forward. Uh, it'd be pretty cool to see that coming up. We'll talk about that, obviously, in the future when it does happen. Once again, you're listening to the Ease of Bees podcast. I'm your host, Eddie B. I'm glad to have you here on this beautiful Friday, like I said. We are celebrating Halloween Havoc all month long here on the podcast. We got special guests 
and special projects all month long. Uh, watch along. Go to theeasingbees.com. Vote on which Halloween Havoc you want to see me and my homeboy Brian watch. Can't wait. It's going to be fun. The last Friday of the month, right before Halloween. Hopefully, that's when uh, Shocktober will be going down for Rocky Mountain Pro Wrestling. Some things have been going on there with some health issues or whatever not. That's okay. Just make sure everybody's health safe and ready to go. We'll have a good show when it's time. Definitely talk a little bit more about that. We have a slate Rocky Mountain Pro Wrestling talent coming up. A first today. Uh, the champ, Dustin Urich. Next week, we have Jumbo. He will be on Slate for next month. Just a lot of cool things coming. Can't wait. Don't forget to go to the, to the uh, website page, easingbees.com. Vote on that. Also, uh, sign up for Patreon. We're still waiting to give away a lot of free stuff, guys. A lot of free stuff out there to uh, be had. So, anyways, moving forward here on the Sunday Side Up, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the wrestling side of things, guys. That's right. SmackDown and Raw had their draft. Not really a lot of big news coming out of it. The, really, the big topic everybody's been talking about, obviously, the New Day have been split up. Big E on one, and obviously Kofi and Xavier Woods, who is now back, and they're now champs again. They're on the other. So, that's kind of interesting. They keep, or they, excuse me, they have kept most of the rivalries that we've been talking about here lately, um, they've kept them together. Bailey and Sasha, for for instance, Orton and Drew McIntyre, you know, the Hurt Business and the Silly uh, Retribution. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They got drafted. I, I don't understand that. Somebody please let me know what your thoughts are on Retribution. I'd like to get in a little topic talk with some of that just silliness. So yeah, they had their draft. It was okay. They had a few fights in between on both shows um, this past week. So the women, like I said, they stayed pretty much few adjacent on shows. So nothing special. Nothing. Nothing that I was. I was expecting a surprise guest or a surprise name. Things didn't really, you know, change. As much as uh, I was hoping for, I should say. Anyhow, uh, moving on about some more wrestling. Um, Ring of Honor. They are, they're in the middle of their tournament. If you guys uh, can't catch that, that's on fight. Go uh, check that out. It's very talented. It's more wrestling, no gimmick. Kind of what we like a little bit here and there on the E's and B's. That's all right. Impact this week was pretty good. Kept to some of the some, excuse me, some of the same storylines are on their way for Bound and Glory. EC3. He finally got what he deserved. Doc Gallows. He uh, did some one-on-one with Madman Fulton. That was pretty cool. Basically, everything just still lining up for their October 24th pay-per-view. So hopefully they'll have something pretty cool about that in the next two weeks before it happens. Also, they're pushing the Talk and Shop Mania 2 with uh, the Talk and Shop Boys. Uh, if you haven't seen the first one, I wouldn't say I recommend it, but I wouldn't say I don't, if you know what I mean. It's kind of, it's out there. But it's parodies on all the uh, wrestling stuff out there. From where they came from, stuff they've seen, probably. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, celebrities in it, so. It's only like 15 bucks or something crazy. It's worth it. Anyhow, uh, moving on. A lot of injuries coming out of NXT the last two weeks. Three huge names. And I was talking with my wife, Lauren, and if you think about it, in the last two months, four of their main players are out at NXT. We're talking Finn Balor, excuse me, Ridge Holland, who who's just coming up, but he's out. Killing Cross, 
He got injured prior. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly was injured, but he still showed up. But still, you just think about it. Those three to four names, and then also now they're saying maybe even uh, Adam Cole, baby. So just a lot of injuries coming out of NXT. Um, good stuff happening, but it just seems like every time they got a good storyline going, something bad happens, somebody gets hurt, and they're set back. And that's unfortunate. Um, let me know what you guys think out there. Like I said, follow us at easeandbees.com. Hey, become a men- member on Patreon. We're giving away free stuff, man. We, we are dying to send the stuff out. Also, looking for the first person to watch our video on YouTube and comment for Juice Robinson autograph, as well as we have a couple shirts to give away. All kinds of cool stuff. So definitely follow us at easebees.com and it'll direct you to all the cool things that are coming up. Sticking in here in the sunny side up. The last thing I got as far as wrestling side for you on last week's shows was it was the anniversary show for AEW. I was expecting a big show and I got a small small order of hash browns is what I got. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and hate on the whole show and pick pick it apart like a cornet or anything like that. I am gonna say I did like the fact that Archer and Moxley brawled throughout the whole ma- or throughout the whole show and then straight into a good match. It was okay. It, it was okay. Uh, let's talk about it. There, every title was on the line. Sheeta, Big Swole, obviously Sheeta took the title back home. FTR put on a display like they always do against the uh, best friends. They kept the title. Cody Rhodes and Orange Cassidy going back to one of his brother's classics. And I've talked about it about Halloween Havoc more than once on here with him and Steve Austin when Dustin and Steve went to Time Limit. Massive show. Well, his brother trying to mimic it with Orange Cassidy. Uh, I wouldn't say it held a candle close to it. But hey, we'll put him at the dinner table and say it was a good fight between the two. Definitely uh, showing a little bit of Orange's other side. He showed his goofy side, but Cody still looking good. And now they're saying two weeks from now, it's going to be them two again in a longer time limit. So, and uh, by the way, during that match, Darby Allen's sitting up in the uh, nosebleed, checking it out. Seems like the storyline is going to be winner of this little battle take on Darby. So, not bad. We had MGF. Come out and announce that he... Well, he struggled to announce that he wanted to be in the inner circle, but that's what he said. The storyline is set here. It was not okay. They set it up to where Jericho said, how about we have a steak dinner? <laughs> so they're going to meet up for a steak dinner, another little gimmicky, spotty, whatever you want to call it, thing they're going to do. I still see a storyline coming out of this between them two getting into a fight. But the one I'm really anticipating is maybe MJF and Sammy. That would be a solid little storyline. Hey, as well as maybe uh, Hager and Warlow. Let me know what you guys think. That's what I'm thinking. That would be pretty pretty cool. I don't. I don't not too much on the Jericho versus MJF just because I feel like Jericho's gonna dumb it down too much, in my opinion. But that's all right. Hopefully, we'll get something good out of that. Let me know what you guys think. So, yeah, that was on the one-year anniversary Dynamite show. Uh, they closed it up, like I said, with John Moxley and Lance Archer. John Moxley gets the win. But, in the meantime, Eddie Kingston was at ring... Or, excuse me, at uh, with the commentators for the whole endurance of the match. And 
when match was over, he decided him and his boys to go and take hands of Moxley. He's not done with Moxley. He feels like he never submitted. So now we're going from he wasn't eliminated. Now he didn't submit. What do you guys think he's going to say next? He didn't tap. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. I think it's pretty cool. I like Eddie Kingston. His promos are by far top-notch. Best there is they got going right now. They're almost... Cody's obviously the best, along with Jericho as well, and MJF. But anyhow, to round up the sun aside here, guys, I want to talk about the Halloween Havoc moment of the week. And with that, we'll get a lightning strike. It's 94, Hogan versus Flair. Uh, Hogan was steal the face. First kind of time when we seen Hogan Flair, they were in a steel cage. You know, everybody had been anticipating these two, and what ends up coming out of this is more of a storyline versus Beefcake was the guy that hurt hit him with the bar, hurt his knee, turned his back on his man. One of the worst storylines, in my opinion. And that's what I've got on the sunny side. Alright guys, so that was the uh, sunny side up. Hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, we got special stuff today. Oh, Halloween Havoc and murder mystery involved. But coming up next, it's the meat segment. This week, we got a first. E's and B's fans, that's right. For the first time, I'm proud to announce... The first female wrestler interview from Rocky Mountain Pro Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Lilith Graham. Okay, folks, as promised, what everybody has been waiting for, the first female wrestler on the Ease of Beast podcast coming from Rocky Mountain Pro Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome in Lilith Graham. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there, uh, enjoying it minute by minute, and pretty much trying to take it second by second. So, yeah. (laughs) Right on. Well, as I spoke, this is obviously the first time that we have a female wrestler on the Easy Bees podcast. So, for my listeners out there, Laura, can you maybe explain a little bit about yourself? Maybe how long you've been in wrestling or or something like that? Uh, Yeah. So, uh, I've been training wrestling for um about a year and a half now uh and i had my official debut in june it was supposed to be in april but 2020 <laughs> right I started having matches in uh, in june okay so not very long um so like we i gotta tell my listeners obviously you come from rocky mountain pro wrestling so what led you to wrestling um that's a that's a it's a funny story um so I'm not a lot of wrestlers you talk to, you know, you ask them like, Oh, when did you get into wrestling? Most of them say, you know, since, you know, since childhood, right. um, I'm a little different in that. I got into wrestling in about, about 2013. Okay. Um, I, uh, um, I was introduced to it and I fell madly in love with wrestling. It was, it was amazing. It, it completely captivated me and I continue to watch it kind of in secret. Okay. Yeah. I didn't really talk about it with anybody, and just 
kept it to myself. And then um, through, so I, I've been a performer for a majority of my life. I was in a, I was in bands, um, went on tour, did all that jazz. Okay. Uh, for a good portion of uh, my performing career, I was a burlesque dancer. Oh. And uh, a mutual burlesque dancer, um, a friend of mine that I, we've been friends for like, I think like six years. It's been a while. Uh, we were we were going to do a duet together and um, I was sending hit, we were sending music back and forth, trying to figure out what song to use. And I sent him Bray Wyatt's theme song. Okay. And okay. Said, cool. Okay. Well, we're obviously using that song, but how do you know that song? And I said, well, it's my favorite wrestler's theme song. And he was like, did you just say favorite wrestler? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know it's kind of lame, but it, you know, I love it. I watch it all the time. And he was like, you do know I've been a wrestler for 14 years. I was like, wait, seriously? Like, why have we never talked about this? And then two weeks later, I'm at New Era Wrestling, uh, <laughs> managing a wrestler um, for my first show. And then a week after that, I started training. And a year and a half later, here we are. Oh, man, what a great story that is. You know, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's why I love about this um, is getting in touch with you guys and letting my listeners hear all the great stories of how, how this came about because not everybody's the same. And as I expressed week in, week out, uh, I promote you guys heavily and all the indie wrestlers and smaller wrestling uh, groups and stuff around the world, because, you know, you have to start somewhere and, you know, not everybody knows your story. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand uh, uh, out there that when they see the big time on TV, that then people have worked very hard sometimes just to even get there. Um, Absolutely. You know, uh, going into this, what, two weeks from now, I guess this will be, what is, no, next weekend, my fault, um, Shocktober was rescheduled because of uh, uncircumstances that we don't want to talk about. That's okay. But um, all my listeners know out there, the Rockets title is vacant. It is vacated. Uh, what, can, what can you tell me about that? What's your, what's your game plan to get your hands on that? That that match, that going into that match, there, you know, if you if you follow Rocky Mountain Pro on Twitch and you follow Charged and Milestone and everything that happened to lead up to this match, you know, this isn't just a a normal match. Like there's there's some there's some uh there's some history to the three of us. Uh, Ali Gatto and Rochelle Riveter and I have um. We've uh we've had our encounters over the last like what two months and um yeah there's some personal beef I feel between uh between all of us that this uh this this vacated title it means a lot to it, I feel like it means a little bit more to to Ali Gatto and Rochelle Rivner who have held the title before um, I'm obviously uh, fairly new to Rocky Mountain Pro and you know my main concern is just causing the most pain I possibly can. You know, that's, that's, uh-huh. that's a little grim enjoys. However, if while I cause the most pain I possibly can, I also win the Lockett's title. I mean, that's just a bonus. Well, you know, you definitely could definitely be going in there as the underdog. You know, like you said, they've both held the title before. Um, hey, you know, bigger things have happened, but yeah, I, I, I have faith in you. And, you know, here in this special month of Shocktober, I think it just suits you well. And, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit of things outside of wrestling, though. How about that? Uh, a silly question I like to ask all my listeners and all my fans and uh, interviews is, 
What is your favorite breakfast item? My favorite breakfast item. Um, does a pumpkin spice latte count? As a <laughs> hey, if that's what you have for breakfast, then that's your favorite. Then that's that, right? Uh, th there's so many different answers. You know, I had Hazard on not too long ago, and he uh, obviously says he has a, a cookie show, and uh, he does sporadically. It, but he uh, was talking about a breakfast pizza that was just sound delicious. But yeah, everybody's different, so that's okay. Um. So you said you didn't really follow wrestling for as a kid. So uh, I assume you wouldn't know much about Halloween Havoc, huh? Um, not not too much. Um, I've I've tried to go back. I'm not trying. I do go back and I watch, uh, you know, play catch up for all those years that I've missed. But uh, that one I'm not terribly familiar with. Okay, well, that eliminate what I was going to ask you about your favorite uh, Halloween Havoc match was because that's obviously Halloween Havoc here on the Easy Bees podcast. Uh, you know, staying in the same realm with horror and stuff like that, what's your favorite Halloween movie? Oof. My favorite Halloween movie. Mm. Well, I ha like, I have go-tos that I have to watch every Halloween or every October. Which I mean, the whole month of October is Halloween. Let's be let's be honest. Sure. Um, Evil Dead. Um, the, the I don't know. I don't. It's not necessarily a horror film, but I I have to watch it every October. Is um, Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Um, Evil Dead, Cabin in the Woods. Uh, I tried to watch the entire Conjuring. Uh, Franchise. I mean, of course, the classics, Hocus Pocus, Diver yeah. Everybody's going to watch those classics that are always advertised uh, every year, for sure. At the end of the day, I'm just a typical spooky girl, and I love all things ha Halloween and horror, so. And that's what I would like to touch upon a little bit here this month. I brought you in, but that's not the main reason. My main reason is we're celebrating the first female. I'm, I'm very grateful for you coming on. Uh, going back to a little bit more of your wrestling career here, can you tell me, my listeners out there, what was your favorite match up to date right now that you've wrestled in? Favorite match that I've wrestled in up to date? Hmm. I'm torn. I'm torn between two matches. Um, I really enjoyed my most recent match, which was at Respect Women's Wrestling. It was a singles match I had against Athena Estrada. Um, that was a lot of fun, and I picked up my first victory at that match. So nice. Yeah, so it'll have a special piece in piece of my heart forever. But um, I think one of my my probably my favorite match that I've done was uh, a match out in Utah at Devotion Wrestling. It was a tag match, uh, intergender tag match. Uh, my tag partner was um, was uh, the, this this clown boy by the name of. <laughs> Um, versus Lola the Adventurer and Echo, and that tagging with Mister Happy was some of the most fun I've ever had wrestling. Like it was just an absolute blast, and uh, we got to cause a lot of damage and cause a lot of pain, and it was just fun. That's cool. That's cool. That's another thing I was just thinking about as you said that. You also, you know, you don't just wrestle at Rocky Mountain Pro. You wrestle for a couple, a couple other places, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I can't uh, think about yeah, respect women's wrestling written down here, a uh, devotion championship or something. Is that right? Yes, out in Utah. Okay, okay. So a couple more things. What, what, uh, what could you tell us about now uh, with about the women's division um, and where you think it's heading? 
the women's division of uh rock of rocky mountain sure. yeah, so a couple other places we'll, we'll keep it local for right now maybe we can express on it um uh, as as a whole after or both whatever sure um the women's division of rocky mountain it's obviously you know it's 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 small in stature but it's it's fierce it's very fierce um ali gato and michelle Riven are, are by far hands down some of the best female talent not just in colorado but i'd say in this entire region so um yeah i i'd say the women's division of uh of is definitely small but mighty one of the bigger names that's going on right now in the big leagues at aw is abaddon she you know came out I don't know. I was still for most people. I saw it. I was there in person to see uh, when you guys, or when AEW came to town before, right before it all shut down. But uh, yeah, and people don't understand, like even her, she doesn't have as much experience as people would think. And she's coming down the same path that you came. You know, what can you tell me about her? Or have you? Oh, Abaddon is absolutely amazing. She's, uh, she's definitely somebody that I've looked up to since I started wrestling. Um, she, I believe she has a year on me. On um, She started training about a year before I did. Um, so I definitely, I followed all the, the second I started training, I got involved in the local scene and um, followed all of her matches. And she's, she, she earned her spot in AEW. She deserves this push. And, you know, she definitely helped put Colorado on the map and helped put Rocky Mountain Pro on the map as, yeah, you know, that's uh, that's where she came from, and we're all very proud of her. Definitely, and, and don't, don't sh- uh, shortchange yourself. You know, you're not far from it. Um, anybody, it can you know happen to anyone, and, and you just gotta keep going for your dream. And you know, if that is your dream, who knows? You know, you could be there just as easy as she was. I'd love to see you guys as a tag team on AEW. That would be great. Oh, that would be that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Hey, only regret my 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 biggest. My biggest anger of the whole 2020 situation is that I didn't get a match with Abaddon before she went to AEW. That's the only I, thing that I am actually angry about with 2020. You know, the only great thing that to put on top of that little bad spell there is they're one company that I could see you don't count just count just yet. You know, don't count it out just yet because I could see uh you know, maybe in the future when things kind of open up a little bit more, because they let them their, their, their talent do a lot of stuff outside of AEW. So, you know, maybe, you, you know, maybe we can come across something like that. But I, I suggest this. If we put off the Abaddon North Grand Tag Team Special at AEW, I ask for one match as your manager, and that's it. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Well, all right, Liv, as we're starting to wind a few things down here on the Ease of Bees podcast, well, we've kind of touched on a few things I've asked, or a few things I have written down here, but um, if, if there was an inspiring Lilith Grimm fan out there, what could you tell them to make them feel a little bit better about their dreams? At the end of the day, the only thing you need is motivation. And with motivation – and dedication and hard work you can you can achieve anything you want you know i've i've led an interesting life if i were to write an autobiography it would be titled i don't know how my life got this weird <laughs> um, i've been in multiple bands i've okay. been on tour i've been a burlesque dancer i've been a blacksmith a welder i've uh, been a graphic designer a tech support agent you know i've, I've done 
I've done a lot of different things and you know I'm the when I found wrestling when I started training when I came to that first night I took my first move and I you know bumped in the ring for the first time ever like that was it was a wake-up call it was the moment like this is what I was meant to do and it you know it took it it wasn't right away like it took a it took a couple months and I almost gave up on wrestling to be if I'm being honest you know like it was hard it was really hard and I was just like, ah, oh, you know, I'm too old. Like, I can't do this, you know. I, I have, I used to be a gymnast and I'm like, I have all these, you know, injuries from gymnastics. What am I trying to do? And then, you know, I had a trainer really believe in me and they, and, you know, I took, I took like a month off because of a, I was just like, you know, bumped and bruised and I felt sore. And the trainer reached out and they were like, hey, why aren't you at training? Oh, you know, I can't, no, no. Why aren't you at training? Yet, yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I came back to training and like that. I, I don't know what it was that clicked in me that day, but that was the day that I was like, yeah, I can do this and switched my mindset and just completely dedicated my life to pro wrestling. Like I eat, sleep, breathe pro, pro wrestling. I think about it 24 seven. I train as often as I can. I, you know, I surround myself with it and I can't imagine my life without it now. So all I can say to, you know, to my fans or to aspiring, you know, aspiring wrestlers or, you know, you know, young females that see me doing what I do is a, it's never too late to find your mission in life, your, fa- your passion, like absolutely, and you don't have to choose, you don't have to choose one thing and you don't have to choose while you're 18 years old coming out of high school. Like you 18 year old me would not have thought that 27 year old me would become a pro wrestler. Right. But I'm glad I did. So like just keep just keep searching. You'll find you'll find what it is that makes your life meaningful. And when you do, it will you'll never work a day in your life. When you find what gives you passion and fulfills you to your core, chase it. Do whatever you absolutely can. Sacrifice everything to make that dream a reality. That's a great message, Will. A great message. And I totally one hundred percent agree. As I say here, you know, I'm chasing the dream myself as well as you. You know, like I said, I, I believe in you. I think that the great things are in store. Uh, you know, I'll be there in October. I, I hope to get, uh, hope to get to see you and meet you for just a split second. Obviously, social distance stuff will be required. We understand that here from my listeners. But as we wind things down with, uh, I always uh, offer up to you uh, interviewees. Uh, is there anything you'd like to ask already be here or put out there for all the listeners? Just, to hear. I mean, your future is grim. Awesome. I love it. I love, I love it. All you lady listeners out there, let me tell you, this is, this is the future. Uh, don't cut yourself short. Kind of like she said in her speech, you know, go for your dreams. Once again, folks, I welcome it. I had on my show, Lilith Grimm. It's been an honor, a pleasure. Um, it's been fun. Is there anywhere for the listeners out there we can reach you at to maybe, you know, say hey or, or get at you after you want to push? Absolutely. And and the honor is in mine. Thank you so much for having me. This has been one of the one of the best podcasts I've been on. I super appreciate this. Um, yes, you can find me. I'm I'm on all of the social medias. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch. Um, you can find me, just search Lilith Grimm, Grimm with two M's. Um Except for on Twitter, where I'm at Grim Lilith, because they hate me for some reason. 
you can find me on Twitch as Lilith Grim the Demon. Um, I stream every Friday, except for this last Friday, um, on the Rocky Mountain Pro Twitch stream. Uh, my I do a show called Demon Drawings, where I draw people with it as it. I I take Rocky Mountain Pro wrestlers and I give them abs. It's essentially what my show. Is. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds great. I, I know I've checked it out a little bit. Without giving them abs, because <laughs> that's how that show always ends up so that's all- Friday at 7 p.m um that time might be changing in the future because we we're gonna start having our shows on fridays so um uh, but yeah uh, you can follow me on facebook um I'm, mo- I'm mostly active on facebook trying to be better about my twitter but uh but yeah so facebook's really really where you can find me um i have a like page and i also have a friend page uh, it's a bees.com page We'll be able to find her. We'll have her stuff linked to our page this, this weekend and things like that. Hey, we're looking forward to October. I wish you good luck. I, pro- I promise that there could be good things to come. I can't wait to see. And like I said, it was an honor and pleasure to have you. Once again, folks, that's Lilith Graham from Rocky Mountain Pro Wrestling. Well, Graham! Man, that was so much fun. I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did, because let me tell you what, we enjoyed it so much. As promised, this week, we're having Lauren's Murder Mystery, and she has invited back Lilith Graham. Enjoy. We got Murder Mysteries with Lauren and Lilith Graham. Welcome back, everybody. And as you know, I have been chosen to do the murder mystery of the month. My murder mystery I chose was the death of Dino Bravo. And joining me here is Lilith Grimm. Hello. (laughs) We are going to go through the life and the death of Dino Bravo. Kind of shoot some ideas out there of what we think may have happened to him the night of March 10th, 1993, when his wife and his young daughter found him shot to death in their home. Okay, so to start out, he was born as Adolfo, I believe it's Brisinio on August. I probably said that wrong. Um, he's He was born in Italy, so he's Italian. <laughs> born in Southern Italy on August 6, 1948. His family, his mom and dad, and I believe it was just him, moved him when he was really young to Canada. And he started training as an amateur wrestler at the age of 12. Now, that seems pretty young to me. I don't know. How old were you when you first started wrestling? I was 26. Okay, 26. Were so you I'm old? <laughs> Yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> Were you even thinking about wrestling at age 12? Because I I don't think I was thinking about my future when I was 12. <laughs> no, when I was 12, I wanted to be a marine biologist. Mm, wow, that's really cool, though. That's that's a pretty big uh, that's a pretty big accomplishment. That's really cool. <laughs> So yeah, he started at the age of 12, pretty young. In 1970, that's where he first came up with his name. He trained with, um, I think it's Gino Brito, and they were in a tag team together for a while. And it was said that Gino was also his cousin. So when they were in a tag team together, they were a tag team of cousins. Um, In the late 70s, he started getting big enough to do singles in Montreal, 
that's where he he won the new Canadian heavyweight title in December 1978. The same year, he won the WWF World Tag Team title from Professor Tonka and Mr. Fuji. So that was pretty cool. Then in, in um, late of 78, he lost the tag team title in Canada, unfortunately. In the 80s, it seemed like he teamed up with Haku, but it didn't seem to go very well. They didn't have very many matches there. And in 86, he was supposed to headline a card, actually, against Hulk Hogan. But the match was canceled because it was supposed to be in Canada and they didn't want the Canadians to be cheering for Dino Bravo over Hulk Hogan. So when he found absolutely. And when he found this out, he was like, fuck this, I'm out. So he left after finding all that out. He then returned to uh, the WWF or World Wrestling Federation. Um, late in the 86. And when he did, he came in with a whole new look. He was um, noticeably more muscular and he dyed his hair bleach blonde, which he was Italian. So, of course, it was pretty dark brown. And he just he became um, a heel then. He was, also became part of a group along with Greg the Hammer Valentine and Brutus Beefcake. So he was kind of in that whole group together. After WrestleMania 3, though, he teamed up with Greg Valentine to create a tag team, like dream team. And that's where he started getting like a pretty big push there. So that's when I think he started getting a lot, a lot more noticed and becoming quite a bit bigger, big enough that during that time he was able to return to singles matches, still, you know, doing his bleach blonde hair. And now he was doing more like strong man stuff rather than his technical, usual wrestler stuff. So yeah, and I was kind of confused by that because they said when he was when he first started out and in most of his tag teams he was a technical wrestler, but then now he was switching over to like a strongman gimmick. Do you yeah, know the so, difference? So, I, I do. Being okay, good. Myself, um, oh, nice. Okay, good. Oh uh, yeah, so like the technical wrestler um, would be somebody that you see they come in and they do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More of like a more amateur style wrestling, like actual grappling. Um, you can see that they they think more that they think more, and that their wrestling style is more um, more on the mat and all that. And then yeah. you know, strongman or powerhouse style is I'm bigger than you, yeah. So I'm going to pick you up and put you down. Yes, nice. Is that your favorite? It is. It is my favorite. I do enjoy throwing people. Yeah, absolutely. It seemed like uh, so did Dino Bravo. He actually switched his um, his finishing move, which changed from a more technical one, the airplane spin. Now, okay. in the strongman gimmick, it was a sidewalk slam. Oh, I do love What's a good the sidewalk difference slam. Between those, yeah. What does that even look like? So the airplane uh, spin is um, you get the person up on your shoulders in a fireman's carry. Okay. And you spin them around. Okay. Um, it's, it makes you very dizzy. 
does it <laughs> it takes a lot out of you honestly like like taking that move uh, i've taken it oh who did i take it i took it from damon ace once at training and that i was like wow like i'm i'm dead i'm exhausted that was awful <laughs> but um yeah and then so the sidewalk slam it's, it's more of like it's more of what you'd expect like a big big beefy person to do yeah um, you know it has the word slam in the name so Absolutely. You, you pick them up and you put them down. That's right. <laughs> do you ever do that? <laughs> you ever do the sidewalk I don't, I don't slam? Every now and then. It's not really, that's not really like my, my favorite slam to do, but I, right. uh, I enjoy, I just enjoy slams in general. So I'll do them from every now and then. Nice. Nice. Yeah. They always seem to get a good pop. I think, I think they look great. So <laughs> Um, so yeah, so he changed from, yeah, more technical, like you were saying to now more of like a strongman gimmick. Um, he seemed to be very good at it. He of course was still doing his heel move. Are you a heel as well? Um, yes, yes. <laughs> I do. I, I like to play outside the rules every now and then. Nice. Okay. I like that answer. <laughs> um, so during this time when he was doing his strongman gimmick, he was so in 1988 at that Royal Rumble of that year, he did something that kind of proved his his transformation into his strongman gimmick. He was attempting to bench press 715 pounds and that would have set the world record at that time. And he has, he was kind of setting it up himself, I guess, on the, on, at the world, um, or at the, sorry, Royal Rumble. And um, Jesse Ventura was kind of like helping him, but he was said to have gotten it and set the world record. So after he did that, he called himself, um, I believe it was the strongest man in the world at that time. Yeah. He was coined the strongest man in the world for bench pressing that much. Um, I mean, that is that is a that's an impressive bench. I mean, yeah, I, I can't bench. <laughs> my bench is awful, but my deadlift is my last. The heaviest I've deadlifted is three hundred. That's impressive. <laughs> but my bench is like one forty. <laughs> well, it's extremely hard. I think the deadlift is probably more hard than the bench press, you know, especially if you don't have somebody. I just think it's harder to get it up, and, and but you get to use your whole body. You're right. When you're bench pressing, yeah. you know, it's just kind of all that upper strength. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm I'm 210 pounds, and I'd say the majority of that weight's in my legs. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. Uh, so after that, he just started, you know pretty much taking off in WWF. He had a few more matches that were pretty memorable. He won a couple. Um, I'd say he probably lost more than he won. But after that, in August of 91, he changed back over to being a face. He didn't bleach his hair anymore. And he wasn't with Jimmy Hart or Greg Valentine or uh, Bruce Beefcake, which had left previously before that. He also started wrestling back in Canada, doing more house shows. So that sounded to me like maybe he got sick 
of is it, to me it just kind of sounded like he was maybe being forced to play this role that maybe wasn't so much him you know i think he liked the strongman gimmick but he started out doing technical wrestling not dyeing his hair and not having to be you know this specific person so now now that he did that he switched back to being a face he kind of was doing singles on his own back in Canada doing house shows didn't bleach his hair anymore sounds like he kind of wanted to go back to like his old ways I guess and I can see that you know being being the quote-unquote heel you know it's difficult because you don't get the accolades you don't get the praise you know the the crowd obviously yeah. doesn't like you because you're, <laughs> you're, you're cheating, you know, you're, you're going outside the rules. So yeah, you don't, you don't get the praise of the crowd, but for me personally, I enjoy it because I get the satisfaction of hurting people. So you that, like that, that huh? reward in itself, but I can understand <laughs> the people, they, they like the praise and they like the crowd being, you know, cheering their name. Yeah. Absolutely. And I could see that everybody who knew him said that he was loved by everybody and just the sweetest person ever. You know, he was this big, you know, strong guy, but he would always help people out in a pinch. And he was just, you know, took time to talk to people whenever, you know, they just needed somebody to listen to him. So it sounds like, you know, maybe he was just kind of sick of the whole thing. Wanted to go back to being a little more of himself. He was doing doing more house shows back in Montreal as a face. He faced against the Mountie, which kind of I thought was kind of funny because he's from Canada as well. Isn't he supposed to be like the big Canadian one so I'm guessing he, the Mountie was a heel at this time, while Bravo was a face. So I wonder how that worked in Canada. That seems kind of weird to me, you know. Like who they? I mean, he's basically just a police officer. So yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. the Mounties. Yeah, yeah. I know. When I first saw him, I was like, what is this? Like, that's what Canada picked for their their main like person. I thought it was hilarious. Um, he was facing up against uh the barbarian as well in those house shows. So um obviously as a face against those two, <laughs> we just talked about how that would work out. His final match ever was against mm-hmm. Colonel Mustafa. No, okay. Mustafa. Yes, I did say that right. Mustafa. Do you know who that is? Yeah, that name does ring a bell. I don't know much about him or where he's from. Um, he did lose. and or, or Sorry, he, it wasn't against Colonel Mustafa. He teamed up with Colonel Mustafa okay. to face the legion of doom in Ah, england i do love the legion of doom i know yes they're the best tag team i think um so they lost dino bravo and (laughs) of course lost to the one and only legion of doom that was in sheffield england his last show and after that he left wwf and he retired um, after that whole U- European tour and obviously that show, um, he went home to Canada where he helped to train up and coming 
Canadian wrestlers in Montreal. So while he was doing that, he obviously was not making enough money to support his created lavish lifestyle. He was married. He had one daughter, lived in a huge house, drove nice cars, you know, the whole pro wrestler dream pretty much. And then it all abruptly came to an end, like we said earlier, on March 10th in 1993. On that evening, it had been snowing in March, Canada, you know, still going to be snowing quite a bit um, up there. So his wife and his daughter had left to go to, the wife took the daughter to LA lessons or something. So it's They left to take, or she left to take the daughter to her dance lessons. He was just going to stay home. I think he had worked that day. And um, by worked, it was kind of questionable about what he was doing. So I'll get to that in a moment. Yeah, I've read up a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, So he stayed home that that evening and uh, was going to watch a hockey game. Well, when the wife and daughter returned, they found him where he was sitting in his recliner, but he wasn't moving because he had been shot execution style 17 times, seven in the head and 10 in the torso by a semi-automatic 22, which I'm thinking probably had a silencer on it because no neighbors reported anything. Yeah, that's... (laughs) That's kind of weird. And, you know, if you see, like, some of the crime scene footage, his neighbors weren't that far away. I mean, he kind of lived in, like, a cul-de-sac. So it wasn't, you know, like he lived 10 miles away from his neighbor. They lived... Yeah, like, somebody somebody definitely heard it. Yeah, yeah. To be be shot 17 times, um, somebody had to have heard something, you know. Especially in a, like I said, a cul-de-sac. In, or at least snowing outside, you know, yeah. how quiet it is when it snows, you know. So I don't buy the fact that nobody didn't hear anything. Um, the police say they didn't find any footsteps outside of the house, even though it had just snowed. So that was always questionable. Uh, yeah, um, that's uh... <laughs> I don't know if they just missed it or what happened. So he wasn't, like I said, he wasn't making as much money as he was, of course, when he was doing tag teams against the Legion of Doom. His wife's uncle, his name was Vic Catroni, and he was a member of the Catroni crime family. He is said to have offered to give him a job smuggling cigarettes, legal cigarettes, and selling them to Native Americans on the border. And, of course, the Native Americans absolutely loved Dino Bravo, and they loved wrestling. They were all fans. So, you know, it was huge. It was it was key for them making, you know, all that money with him. Plus, he was huge. So, you know, he was kind of like an intimidator and an enforcer. Yeah. I think he, uh, I think to make extra money and, and stay up on, on their, on their lifestyle, he, he was kind of forced to do that. Also... That night on March 10th, there was no sign of a struggle. There was no robbery. Like I said, there was no footprints outside in the snow. There was no forced entry. It left everybody wondering who the hell shot him. Yeah, he had to have known the person. Right. Yeah. 
And I always thought that that was key. There was large amounts of money, cash left in his house that was untouched. So, and his safe, which only one person, one other person knew the combo to was found open, but nothing was taken out of it. So my first theory after hearing all of that was that it was a hit from somebody within the organized crime family. Or maybe a rivaling one. Yeah, or a rival. There was also said to be a Coke dealer that he was also, yeah, getting involved with. And there was this $400,000 deal that was botched where the cops found out and raided it before the product was even pushed. After that happened, there was a lot of finger pointing. And that's when Dino Bravo started saying to his friends that his life was in danger and, you know, he felt like something was going to happen to him. And and long behold, he gets found shot execution style a week later. So, you know... That another theory was that the Coke dealer maybe came to talk to him. He let him in the house. You know, he gets up and walks behind him and just shoots him to prove a point, you know. And nobody's going to steal his money or steal his product or set him up, you know. Um, And then my third theory was that it was his uncle or his wife's uncle that maybe within the crime family, the boss of that crime family, I think, you know, told him, hey, your nephew's got too much heat on him, you know, with this Coke deal gone wrong. Um, It's either he goes or you go, you know. Um, Another thing I thought was really interesting was the fact that he was shot and killed when his wife and daughter were out of the house. Um, Yeah, so they probably cased it and waited for that. Yeah, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was key. Nobody seems to like hit much on that when they talk about it, you know, and I don't think his wife had anything to do with it, but I mean, you never know. I mean, if it was, was, she would definitely, you would definitely want her to not be there. Exactly. Exactly. The Coke dealer wouldn't have cared. No, I don't think so. I think he would have killed them too. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think he would have went over there to talk. I think he would have, you know, shot him in his driveway or, you know, the next time he saw him, like you said, I don't think he would have cared whether his family was home or not. He, he wanted his money or his drugs and he was going to get. And then if he would have, and the fact that they left the money there. Yeah. That kind of aims a little bit more to it being the, being the uncle because leaving it open means Mm. that wife can get to it now that's true yeah that's a good point i didn't even think about that because yeah they said only one other person knew the combo and i don't think it was his wife so yeah so now she had that money so yeah maybe maybe Mm -hmm. she puts it see that's another thing that and nobody talks about that because you know she was actually in the dark side of the ring and talking about you know how it was this big tragedy on their family and and this and that and the other. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, did anyone stop and, you know, look at her? No, I'm not saying she did it. Yeah. yeah, You know, because I think it's... Out of everybody, it seems like she would benefit the most. She would benefit the most. 
And, you know, her uncle could go about his business without any heat, I guess, anymore. You know, if he had, if he was drawing heat and attention and cops were showing up, then problem solved, said and done. Yeah, especially if it was done execution style, like that shows intent. Like that was, that was the purpose of that interaction. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it was like a... I don't, I don't think the Coke dealer would have done it because, I mean, they may have done it at the execution shop, but they would have taken the money too. Exactly. Yeah. Also, why would he be, why, I don't think he would have let them into his home where right. his family lives. Yeah. Or even let him know where he lives. Yeah. yeah just, just on the off chance that, you know, his wife and kid came home early. Mm-hmm. This guy's in there like, I, like, you know, cause it sounds like he wasn't that much of a scuzzball. So I don't think he'd put his family right. at risk like, oh. I think the Coke dealer's out. I think so too. So that theory probably is pretty much gone. So then it's probably or another theory. I thought it could have just been a random friend that had absolutely nothing to do with it. That's true. Maybe maybe he was more <laughs> of a different than you let on. That's yeah. Yeah, it could have been, you know, and it, it could have been, you know, that his friend came over and, you know, something happened in the past that they didn't agree on. I mean, you never know. Long behold, he just gets pissed and, you know, gets up and shoots him execution style. But 17 times. <laughs> 17 times. Yeah. Yeah. With nobody to say anything, and I think for and like, that, that goodbye, it's just it's being left open. That's that's the key that's really getting me. That's that's the part that I'm I'm focusing on. Yeah, yeah, that's a big that's a big part. Because you know, involved with the mafia and drugs and all that, there had to have been a lot of money in that safe. Exactly, or anywhere in his home, you know, and they didn't take any of it. So that showed that they didn't want it, but they wanted him dead. They just wanted to do a lesson. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite theory. I I really think that the uncle had something to do with it. And I think, he, you know, he didn't want his niece to be involved and her daughter. So I think he kind of planned it like, hey, I'll just take care of this issue when they're out and about one of these nights this week, you know, catch him when he's off guard. Yeah. Go over and talk to him, watch a hockey game with him, and take care of it. <laughs> Boom, bam. Boom, bam. Yeah. yeah that, that's my favorite theory. I think it was the uncle. Yeah, I think so, too. But it still remains unsolved. I don't think anybody ever was even arrested for it. So kind of a sad tragedy. Yeah, that is really sad. At least at least have a suspect. Yeah. And I don't know if the... If the police were maybe afraid to dig too deep into it, you know, with the whole mafia connection. Um, I could see that. Yeah, I could too. I could see that being why the neighbors didn't say anything as well, you know. Because they probably knew. Yeah, because they probably had an idea, you know. This guy that keeps showing up every other weekend could look like he's dangerous <laughs> you know not one of the big same scary thing. guy yeah guys <laughs> yeah showing up at your neighbor's house yeah so. it's like oh well you know what that's a typical uh weekend over there yeah but this time you know we're just not gonna say anything <laughs> mm-hmm. 
pretend like we didn't hear anything. So that is my murder mystery story of Dino Bravo, pro wrestler and organized crime member, cigarette smuggler. Ladies and gentlemen, if your head's not turning, your brain's not scrambled from that scrambled egg murder mystery segment... Great job, Lauren and Lilith. We really enjoyed that. That was a little twist this month. Lauren put that together. We uh, just kind of shot from the hip. She knows, like she said, most people have already heard about that story. If you haven't seen The Dark Side of the Ring, um, there's several other stuff out there about it. But she wanted to give her twist on it here in the Halloween month. Just like I said, on E's and B's, we're celebrating Halloween Havoc a little bit this month, twisting some things around on the interviews, asking them some questions about it. I touched on earlier about Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair in 94 was the Halloween uh, moment of the week. Go check it out. Uh, let me know what you think. Check us out, easeandbees.com. Follow us on Patreon. Uh, we got plenty of good, good, uh, excuse me, good things to give away. Uh, several shirts, I should say. Uh, stickers, all kinds of cool stuff. So follow us, get with us, like, share, subscribe. Well, it's that time. We're rounding down the Friday here, guys and and girls. Uh, we're gonna head into everybody's segment. It's the toast. Get out your jam. Get out your jelly. It's time to spread it. Halloween havoc. It's been fun all month to uh, catch up on some of those and. Remind myself how bad some of that was and how good some of that was. Like I said, go to uh, our webpage. We are going to do a watch along here at the end of the month in two weeks. Next week, Rocky Mountain champ Dustin Urich. That's right. He's coming on. Hopefully we can talk about his up and come match with uh, sweet Johnny Zudo. As I said, we had a first today. We had a f- the first female wrestler here on E's and B's. Lauren produced the first murder mysteries. That was cool. We'll be bringing that back hopefully very, very soon. Let us know what you think about that out there. But as we do on here on the toast, we're going to give some shout outs, some reminders. So we're going to let you know what's coming up next. Some last chance reminders. Here's a, here's a scary thought. Only 10 Fridays left in the year 2020. I think most people will be happy to hear that. But a uh, super shout out, Scott Long, Fast Performance and Rocky Mountain Pro. That's right. Thanks, Scott. We appreciate you pushing us there on Twitter. Reach us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. We uh, we tag all of them Rocky Mountain people. We try to push them as much as possible. And we do appreciate you, Scotty. So, Scotty Long, follow him on, on Twitter. Also, uh, state shout outs, Virginia, Oregon, Colorado, Michigan, Texas, Illinois, Ohio, out of the united states france so we appreciate all you listeners out there we uh are loving all the feedback we're getting still would love to meet some of you more people on uh patreon please uh, follow us on patreon easeandbees.com we wanted to remind you shocktober was supposed to be last week just got word it's been moved again we still will have dustin burek on uh next week talk a little bit to him find out what's coming up hopefully we'll get that uh pay-per-view in by the end of the month here for rocky mountain that'd be really cool can't wait to go to that. Me and Lauren's been looking forward to it. Meeting and greeting with some of them people. Uh, spreading the word. Spreading the love. That's for sure. E's and B's. That's what we do here, folks. Like I said, plenty of stuff to give away. Lauren's got a lot of cool things coming up. We've been just nose to the grind. That's what that's what we do here at E's and B's. Just trying to please the fans out there. We want more listeners to feedback. So you never know that, that just that one comment might win you the first 
sure or who knows maybe more we got some uh professional autographs to give away all kinds of good stuff also stay on the lookout unboxing video coming up at the end of the month if you are a patreon member you'll get the first chance to be the winner before anybody else that's right it goes live on patreon before it does on youtube uh me and lauren gonna be putting together some cool things for this this one coming up it's obviously halloween baby definitely check that out reminder go to the easeandeat.com the webpage Vote on which Halloween Havoc you want me and my homeboy Brian, my best friend from first grade. I can't wait, man. We're going to have a blast. We're going to talk a little bit about the matches and stuff. See what you guys think. Uh, Merch coming soon, folks. We promise. Lauren and I are working hard as well as our other team. We got the store coming up. We plan to have it done by Thanksgiving. We pray. We hope it does. Uh, We're working hard. We just need some more feedback from you folks and definitely some more follows there on Patreon and Twitter and everything else. Man, we appreciate the love, guys. We are bringing you all we can. Most of the time, like I said, I'm not a historian. I'm just doing this for the love of the sport. Ten Fridays left, guys. 2020 is almost up. This is the E's and B's podcast. I hope you enjoyed this week, folks. Like I said, don't don't forget, follow us on Patreon. EasyBees.com will lead you to all the locations you need to follow us on. We're on everything you find your podcast on. So don't be shy. Spread the word. And as always, hey, even though it's getting a little creepy around here because it's Halloween, don't forget to eat your breakfast. Thank you.